But everybody kept telling us the name is terrible. It's way too long. And I said, no, just keep saying it over and over again. People will get it. And I got that from Walter Cronkite. He's walking down the hall one day and I said, Mr. Cronkite, is it Nam Pen or Phnom Pen? You know, because he was doing the Vietnam stuff. And he goes, it's whatever I say it is. I said, oh, <laughs> all right. Welcome to Brand With On Demand, your guide to rebooting radio. There's so many radio shows, so many podcasts out there. And if you're going to do a podcast, right, I'll turn off a podcast in a second if for the first, I don't know, two minutes, people are just kibitzing, right? There's no time for that anymore. Brandwith On Demand, rebooting radio with a different take on all radio can be. Now your guides through the media morphosis, David Martin, and author of the book Brandwith, media branding coach Kipper McGee. Our guest today is a radio star who happens to have six music Emmys, two Grammy nominations, three gold records, seven public television specials, and he sold over eight million albums. John Tesh, he's a great example of brand width in action, hitting the full spectrum of on-air and online outlets. He's the host of the very popular Intelligence for Your Life programs, reaching 40 million people on the radio, almost 95% of U.S. TV markets. And beyond that, John's Facebook page has a weekly reach of 20 to 25 million engagements. A move that many radio personalities can learn from, John and his marketing team regularly utilize these robust platforms to promote his live concert performances from coast to coast. Tell us more about how he does all of it and what's coming up next. Brand with On Demand is honored to welcome the one and only John Tesh. Uh, hey, yeah, I think my wife is really happy that there's only one and only. <laughs> <laughs> We've been married for uh, almost 28 years, so there's, uh, yeah, one and only is good for her. Thank you. If Connie's happy, we're happy. So, John, thanks for being with us. It seems like we've often been told that if we really love what we're doing, we never really work a day in our lives. Watching from the outside in, it seems like that really describes your career. So after everything you've done and all that you're doing, these days, what really drives you? I mean, what's next for John Tesh? Yeah, I, I would say I don't have plans to retire. I mean, a, uh, a deadly terminal disease diagnosis about four years ago threatened to end all that. And I can tell you about that a little later. But I read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of the people that we talk about on the radio show. And I think it was actually um, Nietzsche who said, as long as you have a why, you can endure any how where my why is I love bathing myself in this personal development, what we call intelligence for your life. And my goal is to be a curator and to move people forward in their life. And one of our battle cries is we want to move you from the place you are in your life to the place you were meant to be. So yeah, that's what gets me up in the morning. Well, John, many folks knew you first as the longtime co-host of that very popular TV show, Entertainment Tonight, and of course, your impressive music career too. What made you decide to focus a significant part of your attention on radio? Uh, I always considered myself a musician. I was raised as a musician. When I was six years old, I was studying with two teachers from the Juilliard School on Long Island, one for piano and one for trumpet. That's who I was, right? My parents decided that I was going to starve to death if I did that. And so they sent me to school to make underwear at uh, NC State because <laughs> that's what my dad did. He was the vice president of Haynes. And uh, so I went to textile chemistry. And it's a long story. I'm actually 
just at the end of writing a book called Relentless Pursuit. And it, it'll be in that book. But I wanted to change my major without telling my parents. And I had there was a professor who wouldn't sign the drop ad card for me to change the communications because I had taken a radio TV course in 1973 in Raleigh and he wouldn't sign it. And so one of my friends talked me into forging his name on the drop ad card because there were 120 <laughs> kids in the class. And you already know where this is going. I may have had a beer. I don't know. And I, uh, I did that and things were okay for a while until the, the professor was one of those guys. He was like the only guy who checked his signature on every drop ad card. And, and they threw me out of the university. And my dad, who was a World War II veteran, he kicked me out of the house. And so I was living in a tent. I was a homeless person in 1973. And I had just completed Radio Television 101. And there I was living in a tent. I was working construction and pumping gas. And I realized my only way out of that was to somehow find a way to make a fake demo tape radio and take it around to radio stations in Raleigh. And since I was already a criminal, I broke into the uh, WKNC studios and I did a reel-to-reel uh, fake things. You know, I did the helicopter traffic report by hit beating my chest going, you know, oh, the traffic is really heavy on the I-40. And I imitated all these guys. I said, you know, let's slow down Maurice Skindy now in Cairo, who has a report on Henry Kissinger. This is Maurice Skindy in Cairo today. And this to say about the possibility of peace in the Middle East. I think there is a possibility for peace in the Middle East. John Tesh, 2020 News, traffic and, and weather ahead of more news in just a moment. Let's go back to Rick Dees. And Dees was on WKIX at the time. And I sent it to WKIX and I didn't hear anything. I delivered it personally. And then I got a phone call on my payphone next to my tent. And it was Scott White, who I still stay in touch with, the, the head of, uh, of news at WKIX. He said, did you make all these? It was like a 35 minute demo tape. Did you make all of these noises and everything on here? And I said, yeah, yes, sir. Sorry. And he goes, no, no, no. If you want a job that badly, I'll give you a job. So they gave me a job of running the religious tapes at four o'clock in the morning on WKIX. And I would every now and then, <clears throat> since I was already a criminal, every now and then one of those tapes would break and I would play razor blade roulette. Uh, I've already repented for this. <laughs> and then I would open up the mic and start doing a show. And the general manager called me and said, hey, I know what you're doing. You're incredibly creative and bold. Why don't you do the news on the weekends? And that's how I got my first job in radio. So radio has always been in my DNA, yeah. And now you're taking radio by storm. You and your team have really built the intelligence concept into quite a franchise, starting with life, but then branching out into money, love, the workplace, even pets, all as part of a music radio format. So I've got to ask, what really led you to believe that you'd be filling such a huge void that would generate the massive ratings that you do? First of all, thanks for the compliment, but I think it's probably good advice for people who want to start a business. You know, I've read a lot of books on this type of thing. One of my favorites, and I still recommend it, there wasn't any social media to speak of when he wrote it, but Jack Trout wrote Differentiate or Die. And I, I left Entertainment Tonight. I had a PBS special, Do Very Well. And so at the time I was at Entertainment Tonight in 1995. And so I made the decision to leave there and to tour behind. We went from selling 125 records a week. And then this PBS special came out and we were selling 50,000 records a week. So all of a sudden wow. I had what I, yeah, I know it was, was crazy. So I decided to leave entertainment tonight and go out and tour. And so I was doing 50 cities, these 50 city tours for a couple of years. And my daughter was, I don't know, six, eight months old. And so I'm leaving them at home to do this stuff. And I realized, listen, I, I can still tour, but I need to do something else, you know, where I can be home a little bit more often. 
I wasn't going to go back to television. I've done enough of television. And, you know, this is a whole other story. But, you know, Entertainment Tonight was basically the end of my television career. I mean, I had a full, like, 15, 18 years of doing the news and network sports before I even got to ET. But when 23 million people a night see you doing something, that's what you do. That's who you are. And that was Entertainment Tonight at the time. But I thought, gosh, I really want to get back into radio one of these days. And what happened was, you guys will appreciate this, Casey Kasem was in some sort of a contract dispute with the guys at Westwood One. He was doing his countdown show, of course. And so they were doing this stunting thing where they were asking people who are recognizable to come in and do a stint, take over for him for a weekend to substitute. And so I got a call from my agent at William Morris. Would you be interested? I'm like, no, 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 I cannot do that show. I don't know how to do that show. And so they said, well, listen, it's really scripted. And I don't think you'll have a problem. You know, if you can do the Olympics, you can do this. And I said, okay. So I went in there. And this is another one of those things of just sort of getting out of your comfort zone, right? And taking a risk. And I had a blast doing it. And, and I worked with a couple of people, including Betsy Chase, who was a writer and a producer on that show. And so I did the show and I got bit by the bug. And so I went back to William Morris and said, I want to do my own show. And so we had a meeting with Westwood One. And they said, yeah, why don't you do a weekend show? You can do this and do that. And it just didn't do anything. You know, they weren't promoting it really by their own admission. And so it wasn't doing anything any differently from, from any other show. So one night, my wife and I were retiring for the evening, and she looked at my side of the bed, which looks like my studio now, which is basically just wires everywhere and pieces of dead <laughs> iPods. And she's like, what is all this crap? This is our sleep chamber, is what she called it. I looked over her side of the bed, and sure enough, there was something over there, and it was stacks of magazines. And so I said, what's all this stuff? You know, And she said, well, these are all the articles that I want to read. But I just haven't had time to get around to them. And literally, I felt a light bulb blow from my head saying, oh, my gosh, that's a show. Because what happened is the Internet had really just was in its nascency, right? But all of a sudden, we were getting our news and we're getting a lot of information on the Internet. But it was all crap news. It was just, what is all this stuff? And so with all of this information, and now there's more than ever, of course, somebody needed to be a curator. And so I called up Scott Myers, who was promoting my music back then. And I said, hey, we're going to do a new radio show. We're going to take this away from Westwood One. And it's going to be called John Tesh Radio Show Intelligence for Your Life. And he goes, what? And I said, yeah, and you're the affiliate relations guy. And he goes, what's that? And I said, you'll find out. Just start calling stations. <laughs> it was completely idiotic. And by the way, I've done many idiotic things that have turned into nothing and others that have been businesses, you know. And so we need a demo. And I said, I don't have a demo. I said, just put me on the phone with these guys. So the two of us, we, and we, to this day, we still do the dog and pony show. We'll get on the phone with stations and I'll pretend I just called in, you know. And so we started selling nothing, right? And then I hired Betsy Chase from Westwood One. And we started like going through magazines, just like what my wife had shown us, right? So she really created this show. And, you know, the advice, of course, is just look around in front of you. What are you passionate about? And I was always been in the research department at WCBS in, in New York and at the sports department. So I knew how important research was. And so we created this massive research department at great expense to us with six stations on this new program, Intelligence for Your Life. But everybody kept telling us the name is terrible. It's way too long. And I said, no, I'll just keep saying it over and over again. People will get it. And I got that from Walter Cronkite. One night, you know, he's in the same building as I was. I did the local news in New York City, and he did the network news. He's walking down the hall one day, and I said, Mr. Cronkite, is it Nam Pen or Panam Pen? You know, because he was doing the Vietnam stuff. And he goes, it's whatever I say it is. I said, oh, <laughs> all right. Uh, and so then I learned that. You know, so if, you, if you just, it's, you know, and then what I was doing the Olympics years later, you know, and I'm going, there she is, Svetlana Boginskaya, Tatiana Gutsu, Levita Milosevic, and Wong. You know, and the producer in my ear goes, you just mispronounced all those names. I said, yes, but I said them with authority. So it's whatever I say it is, you know. <laughs> 
Wow, he is something, isn't he, Kipper? That's Boy. John Tesh. Somebody you'd like to hear from? We'd love to hear from you. Email your suggestions to show at brandwithondemand.com. Your suggested guest can join other award-winning guests like Emmy Award winner Ken Levine, International Black Broadcasters Lifetime Achievement Award recipient Beauty McGuire, CMA Hall of Famer Karen DeLisandro, and so many more. Yeah, just hit the previous episodes at Brand With On Demand. Coming up, John Tesh shares opportunities that he finds hiding in plain sight. What is it that makes Music Master the favorite choice of radio programmers all around the world? Ask CKRM's Colin Lovequist. Music Master has just eased the workload and the stress, giving me more time to spend with the community. The real question is, why will you choose Music Master? Find out at musicmaster.com. Opportunities hidden in plain sight. Plain sight. Brand with On Demand. Back now with John Cash. John, what opportunities do you find hiding in plain sight? You know, uh, I've made this mistake, and I make it frequently because I get drawn into all the technology of, you know, hey, let's do a Facebook Live, you know, let's talk about our concerts, let's do this and do that. I've learned over the last, oh gosh, how many years is content is, is so important. I know it's like, oh, content is king and everything. But if you can always have playing in your head uh, a little loop that says, be useful, be helpful to people, move them forward, they'll follow you forever. You know, and so even when we do our live concerts now, it, we're doing more of a storytellers type thing. I am always thinking, okay, people, they can go, they, there's so many concerts out there. People, and there's so many radio shows, so many podcasts out there. Yep. People can go to, they can see concerts and get nauseated, you know. So I don't ever show up and do 15 songs. There's something that I have to leave people with, and that's inspiration, whether it's something from my story or somebody else's story or my background or, or whatever, and, and, you know, encouragement or something about healing is if you always have to have that playing in your head, which is how am I, how am I serving people? And, and that even speaks to the first, if you're going to do a podcast, right? What I, I'll turn off a podcast in a second. If for the first, I don't know, two minutes, uh, people are just kibitzing, right? There's no time for that anymore. When, right. when, I go to, when I go to YouTube or when I go to a podcast, I want to know what are the top three things you're going to be discussing? Hit me with the headlines. Tell me how you're going to tell me. That. What, what's the background you're going to use? And then get to it, right? And, and so that's really what we're always talking about uh, on, on, our, uh, on Intelligence for Your Life. You know, it's like there's no, we don't do celebrity birthdays. We don't do, there's no political comment. It is, we have picked a lane and we're in that lane. And then, you know, in the middle of this question, I'll leave you with this. And that is, I have a friend, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who created uh, the Broadway show In the Heights and also Hamilton. Yes, we and perhaps he, have he, heard of him. Yeah, and, we, and he has told me this personally. And I've seen Hamilton you know, 11 times uh, because I just, I just found it. I watched it being put together with these guys, you know, and it was, it was fascinating. But even on 60 Minutes, he said this back in the day, he, and people were like, how did you do this? You know, there are people who've been doing this for years, you know, whether it's Stephen Sondheim or, or, or Rogers and Hammerstein, any of these guys. And he said, you know, I picked a lane and I stayed in that lane. I didn't let anybody pull me out of that lane. And now when he gives talks, for example, for commencement exercises, you know, he says, you're going to lose your friends. You're going to, you're not going to have any time for your family. When you really, when you really want to start something and start a brand, you got to give it everything. You got to grind it out. And then you have to find that niche. And 
and find if it's if it's not a niche that you're passionate if you're not passionate about the niche it'll crater you know and and there there's there's they're still there the niches are still available but you have to understand that those two things it's got to be great content what you're doing it's got to be helpful to people and you got to grind it you you've got to give everything to it and stay and stay focused and people will tell you that's the beauty of what's happening with social media and the internet now people you know people will tell you what you got but little silly posts on instagram little silly things on on facebook or whatever trying to be trying to be everything to everybody you'll have nothing at the end of that great advice great advice john excellent stuff our thanks to the amazing john cash boy that was something mm-hmm. see his complete bio links to great stuff including his radio shows podcasts and all other kinds of material on john cash available at brandwithondemand.com of course special thanks to our perpetually precise and powerful executive producer cindy huber and coming up next One of those stories we'd love to share. From on-air to program director to big market to major market to a top three station manager. The newly minted market manager for ESPN 1000 in Chicago, Mike Thomas. That's a wrap, Tipper. This time on One Minute Martinizing, we'll talk about making a list and then connecting with a purpose. I'm Dave Martin. And I'm Kipper McGee. May all your brand with be wide. And in the end, the profits you take are built upon the brand you make. Any reuse or redistribution of brand with on demand without the express written consent of the producers is greatly appreciated. Brandwood On Demand. Not your average quarter hour. Dave Martin and Kipper McGee. Brandwood On Demand.